I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 101. episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. I can relate to the lyrics of this week's song, Worn, by 10th Avenue North, where it says, My heart is heavy from the work it takes to keep on breathing. Can you? I'm tired, I'm worn. My heart is heavy from the work it takes to keep on breathing. I've made Mistakes. I've let my hope fail. My soul feels crushed by the weight of this world. In the research I did to prepare for this week's podcast, I watched a video journal with the lead singer who of 10th Avenue North who spoke of a time in his life when a terrible accident changed the course of his life and that during the journey he was worn. And another video talked about how he wrote the song with friends after he and his wife had had his second baby. And he hadn't slept in like, he said, like eight months. (laughs) It just felt like forever. And I remember those days just being completely worn. And I've had loved ones with prolonged illnesses and they and their caregivers, they get worn. I've had staff concerns at work. And then this week, my website got hacked. And I've been fighting all of that instead of focusing on this. And I'm worn. And I know we all, we've all been there. You know, many of us are, are there right now. We're worn. And the problem with being too worn is that over a prolonged period of time, being worn leads us to want to give up or give out. So I've been talking and thinking a lot lately about rehearsing our sorrows and um, how that's not such a good thing. I'm trying to replace the things that I'm rehearsing in my mind from my trouble and my sorrows and, and my concerns with who God is, his character, his goodness, his word. But if taken to the extreme, I know that this process can fall into like positive thinking versus true surrender. And so here's what you need to do. I think there's something powerful in stating our sorrows, you know, sometimes out loud or in writing, where you can be really clear how you're hurting and how you're feeling and be really clear about your concerns. And then you can place them solidly at the feet of Jesus. Admit to God that you are tired and worn and crushed and bruised and maybe even that you were wrong or at fault. And that's why you're tired, worn, crushed and bruised. But Uh, Just say, I admit that this is where I am, but I confess that you are God. Let me see redemption win. Let me know the struggle ends. That you can mend a 
best ways to see redemption win and to know the struggle ends is to stay in God's word. You know, we know that God has a plan for our eternity, but dear friend, your eternity starts right now. So I considered this week, what character in God's word could we look at who was worn and what could we learn from their experience? And I prayed all week and I considered many, but I just couldn't shake the thought of Jacob. Now, you can read about the life of Jacob in the book of Genesis, and here's where I want to introduce my Bible Interaction Tool exercise for the week. Now, it's B-I-T-E, which is Bible Interaction Tool exercise, also spells bite, and it's our way of taking a bite out of Scripture, because I know that the Bible is big and long and sometimes confusing. But this week, our tool or our exercise is I want you to read And keep on reading. Now, this goes hand in hand with the idea of reading in context, which I'm also a fan of. But if you're not going to get a full picture of who Jacob is without reading his whole story. And so I did that this week. And I want to give you a couple of reasons why I chose Jacob. And then I want to go back to a specific area in scripture to really unpack um, one of the one of the stories within his life. But why did I choose Jacob? Well, first of all, big picture. Again, just trying to think of a character in God's word that was worn. And the reason that he was worn, or I could assume or conclude that he is worn, is that first of all, he was favored by his mother, but his brother was favored by his dad. And that'll put a chip on your shoulder, you know, so that is a burden that starts to wear you down over time. Um, He was a tricky little fellow. He actually stole his brother's birthright. And when I consider the story, I actually think it's more about Esau and how Esau gave up his birthright. But Jacob did play a part in actually stealing that. Uh, He was in cahoots with his mom to steal his brother's blessing. That one, I think, was on him and on his character. And then he was begrudged by his brother because he stole his blessing. And his brother started thinking about wanting to go ahead and kill him because of that. And so he feared for his life. And then he had to flee. So he was fleeing to an unknown land, to an unknown people. I mean, it was his mother's brother. It was his uncle, but he didn't know him. And he shows up and he ends up serving his uncle for seven years so that he could get married to the love of his life, Rachel. And then his uncle, he was tricky too, he tricks him into marrying Rachel's sister, Leah. Now, he eventually gets Rachel too, but has to work another seven years. And now he's married to two sisters. I mean, aren't you worn? It's just thinking about his life. Then he has 11 kids and wants to leave. He eventually has 12. But at this time, when he wants to leave the um, household of his uncle, he has 11 kids and he wants to leave. And um, he has to kind of get out and and he works hard while he's there for his working for his uncle. All these things. I mean, 11 kids right there. Worn. He's worn from the burden of a broken relationship. I mean, his broken relationship with his brother stays with him. And you can see that in scripture. He's worn from running. He's not in his home. He had to build a whole new life. He's worn from hard labor. I mean, he worked hard. He was a shepherd. He worked very hard for his uncle. God blessed him. 
his uncle ends up being somewhat of an unjust master and he's his uncle. So that wears you out. You know, when the people who love you and are supposed to be on your side are the ones that seem to be against you, it really wears on you. Again, he's got to be warned from 11 babies. He's got to be warned from two wives who are sisters. And he had children with two of their maids. So he's living with four women that he's been intimate with. And oh my goodness, that's worn. (laughs) He's worn from the struggle. In fact, you know that God actually changed his name to Israel, which means struggles with God. And so here you have this big picture of Jacob. And so you can see why I chose him as the character that I wanted to look at. But I want to draw our attention at this time to Genesis chapter 28. And I'm going to read verses 10 through 15, but the whole story is really in verses 10 through 22. But um, Genesis chapter 28 verse 10 says, Jacob left Beersheba, and by the way, this was after he had tricked his brother, uh, after he had tricked his blind father into giving him his bless, his brother's blessing, and now he's on the run because he's fearing for his life, and his um, his parents said, y'all, you just need to get on out of here, okay? So Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you're lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. So that's through verse 15. And I just want to remind us that in this situation, Jacob is worn. And he's worn because he's running from the consequences of his own deceptive choices. So as I mentioned kind of in the introduction, there's just a lot of reasons why we could be worn. Um, And some of them are as a result of our own choices. But he's so worn in this scene that he can actually sleep on a rock. He puts his head on a rock. And I just have to think this is just representative of the hard place that he is in. And in this in this scene, God reveals the gateway to heaven in a dream and he makes Jacob a promise. Now this is a reiteration of the promise that he gave to Abraham, his grandfather, and to Isaac, his father, and he's reiterating this promise to Jacob. But um it's in a dream where he reveals the gateway to heaven. Now, as a side note, I do want to mention that over in the book of John, Jesus describes a similar scene, only instead of a ladder or a staircase, 
He is the ladder. He is describing himself as the gateway or the ladder that the, to heaven that the angels will ascend and descend on. And I just don't want you to miss that. I don't want you to miss that link because he is our redeemer and he will ultimately win. So if you're worn and you're looking for redemption to win, you know that you have that redemption and you know that you have that ultimate victory in Jesus. And so this is like a foreshadowing in this very dream that God gave to Jacob. Now, I love what Jacob says in verse 16. So you see this scene here. Jacob's in a hard place. He falls asleep. God pulls back the curtain in a dream for him to see what's happening. And this is what Jacob says. He says, surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. Now, maybe you are in a hard place and maybe you just can't see into the supernatural to see that God is right there with you. But, you know, it wasn't like Jacob, Jacob understood God was already there. He pulled back the curtain and allowed Jacob to see that he was already there. And then in verse 18, Jacob takes the rock that he slept on. He took that hard place and he set it up as an altar. And he declares the place Bethel, which means house of God. And then he also pours oil on it, which is when you pour oil on something in the Old Testament it was to anoint it uh, with oil was to set it apart for holy service. So let's consider this. Jacob is in uh, on the run. He's got burdens, some of his own choice. He's in a hard place. He takes the hard place that God revealed himself in the midst of this hard place, pulled the curtain back to say, I'm here and make promises to Jacob. I'm going to be with you. And then Jacob takes this hard place and he sets it up as an altar or as a stone of remembrance. And then he anoints it for holy use. And so I just want to say, perhaps we can take these hard places where we are worn and ask God to pull the curtain back from heaven that we could see that he is already here, but that we would take this hard place and set it up as a stone of remembrance, anoint it with oil to say, God, this is hard. This is a hard place that I'm in, but I know that you are here. And God, I anoint this for holy use. Take this place where I am worn out and use it for your glory, for your holiness. Use it, redeem it, buy it back from from the evil one, buy it back from the enemy, buy it back for your use. And then the next part is so important. And this is where the God of Jacob's fathers becomes his God. And I want to read it. It says, Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and I and will watch over me on this journey I am taking and will give me food to eat 
and clothes to wear so that I will return safely to my father's house, then the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And of all that you have given me, Lord, I will give you a tenth. Now, isn't it amazing that this place is the place this hard place that God revealed himself and reminded him of his promise and made it personal to Jacob that this is the place where Jacob, that the, that the God of Abraham and Isaac becomes the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob here in this barren land where he was running and worn here in this hard place where God pulled back the curtain to reveal his presence all along. Here is where he takes ownership of his own faith. And so I challenge you today, if you are worn, take ownership of your own faith. If you want to see redemption win, you stay in God's word. You'll see it over and over and over again. And the character, this God, this God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is your God. Take ownership of your own faith. Accept his free gift of salvation. Follow him. And the way that you follow him is you stay in his word. Read and keep on reading. And find this hard place becomes a holy place set apart for God's use in your life and in his kingdom. So what's next? Well, I really want you to put this week's Bible interaction tool into practice and read all about Jacob in Genesis chapters 25 through 35, even beyond, because you'll see him mentioned in the stories of his children. It's a chance for you to take ownership of your own faith as well and see an example of redemption winning. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. You can email me directly, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter or Facebook and we can talk about what you're learning. But before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to shout out to all of my new subscribers. I'm super excited. It's it's one of the, I've had the most subscribers this week ever. And I think a lot of it has to do with my friend Keith Farron. I was featured on his blog this week. And so if you are a Keith Farron fan that have come over here. I want to welcome you, but I want to shout out to Kendra from Tennessee, Melinda from Alabama, Jay from Taiwan, Kyle from Kentucky, Scott from California, Deb from Pennsylvania, Barbara from Washington, Jan from Kansas, Ton from Illinois, Nan from Florida, Arnie from New Hampshire, Holly from Kentucky, Joan from Minnesota, Phyllis from Florida, Helena from Australia, Connie from Washington, Lori from Washington, Lynn from Australia, Cheryl from California, and Lynn from California. They are my newest subscribers to my website. Thank you for subscribing. Now, the benefit of subscribing is that I will email you once a week. And in that email, you'll get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, or desktop. Or you can print it out uh, and place it in the in the best place for you to see it and review it on a daily basis. You'll also get an email recap of the week's episode. And you'll get instant access to any of the resources I create for my episodes. From time to time, I create extra resources. All of that is just my way of saying 
Thank you for listening. So head over to Michelle Nizat to subscribe today. Now, don't miss an episode of my podcast by subscribing in iTunes. While you're there, leave me a written review and a star rating. It encourages me, but more than that, it helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Just like Julie88345, who says, thank you for linking scripture to my favorite worship songs. I sing them now with a whole new depth and appreciation. Jeannie says that she's a year into her renewed walk with Christ and uses Christian music as part of her nourishment and is thankful for another avenue that the podcast is doing that for her as well. And then In Him For Them says the podcast is a great resource to share with many others and says thank you that it's all free. Well, you are quite welcome. And thanks to all three of you for taking the time out to submit a review. I really appreciate it. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use Come Alive, Dry Bones by Lauren Daigle to jump into scripture. You know, my pastor mentioned the scene in Ezekiel where Ezekiel speaks to the dry bones to come alive, and it made me think of this song. So I can't wait to get into God's word and explore it with you next week. And if you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellenizet.com forward slash 101. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.